Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show live from Canton, Ohio. The scene and the spot and the location of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Happy to be here all week. We'll be headed back to Las Vegas on Sunday. Got to give a big shout-out to Subaru of Las Vegas for helping getting us here. Uh, we definitely appreciate them, and we appreciate you, Raider Nation. And, of course, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. I got my story of how I got here because it's always an adventure, and I also have to give you a recap of the hotel I was supposed to stay at last year that I refused to stay at. I'll let you know what's going on with it next. But first, I want to talk, go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Ruben, in Vegas. Ruben, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, uh, you. Uh, glad to hear you made it out there safely. Um, I was going to I-40, so we were able to catch part of the game. So El Paso Raider be out there. Where's nice. the Raider, Raider bar out there? But um, anyways, with Cliff, man, I, I'm, never, I'm not old enough to actually watch him play, but mm-hmm. I got to uh, meet him twice, once in Houston at a Texan Raider game and uh, here in, in Vegas in uh, Summerlin at Poncho's. Nice. Yeah. And, man, he was so cool, so humble, and just, you know, talking to him. Like I said, I never got to watch him play, but seeing all these highlights from NFL films and YouTube and whatnot, it's just, man, I'm so glad and happy and proud to be a Raider fan and I'm just happy for him to get in. And, and, and on the last note, man, unfortunately, the day he passed, I was in Bullhead City, Arizona. So that was just a, oh. a trip of mine that I feel like that connection. The day he, he passed away, I was there in Bullhead uh, on the river with my family and whatnot. But anyways, a uh, great show, man. Congratulations, Cliff, to the Branch family. You know, love you guys. You know, proud of you guys and happy for you guys. But win, lose, or tie, baby. Raiders till I die. Have a good one out there, Q. Safe trip to mom. Thanks for holding down the fort out here in Vegas. Boom. There it is. Hey, Ruben, great call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, I remember the, the day that, uh, you know, that news came along the, the little wire down on, you know, watching ESPN all of a sudden, you know, seeing that Cliff Branch passed away, knowing it was Hall of Fame weekend, knowing it was, you know, just his birthday. I was just, it was almost like that sick feeling without ever knowing the man, because I didn't know him personally, not going to ever try to lie and act like I did. But it just was that sick feeling like, oh, come on, you got to be kidding me. It's just uh, very, it's awful, but uh, great, great call, Ruben. Thank you so much for that, man. Thanks for sharing. I do appreciate you. Be safe out there uh, when you head to El Paso. Got a text from Just Win Wendy, who is here in Canton, Ohio as well. She said, hey, Q, I went to the Hall of Fame. So cool. I get chills on a hot day. Then saw the Raiders arrive for their tour. What would I tell the Branch family? Cliff will always be loved by Raider Nation. I'm so happy we'll finally see his face in the Hall of Fame. Again, that's from Just Win Wendy, who is out here right now. And, yeah, that's the thing about it. You know, you can never, ever take away that gold jacket. You can never, ever take away that bust that will be in Canton, Ohio forever, uh, which Cliff is Cliff Branch. They're one of 362. You know, and, of course, that's going to continue to increase each and every year, but it's not by that much. <laughs> you know, it's just not by that much. I mean, there's been millions that have played the game, and only 362 are in the Hall of Fame. Cliff Branch is one of them. So I think that that's very special and something that not to be ignored. Uh, one more text, and this one comes from Glenn in San Jose representing that 408. He said, what's up, Q? What's up, Damon? To the Branch family, 
I first met Cliff in 1992 at a sports card show at the Cow Palace in Daly City. Shout out to the Cow Palace in Daly City. Man, I ain't been there. They used to have super sales going on there. I used to, no joke, no joke, Glenn. I know that we're supposed to be talking about uh, Cliff Branch, and I'm supposed to be reading your text. But, dog, I went to the super sale one time in Daly City in the Cow Palace because I thought all the uh, all the broke girls were going to go there. I went there to try to pick up on girls because I thought, well, if they ain't got no money, they're going to go out there and they try to buy some jewelry or try to buy some shoes or try to get something, and, they, you know, they'll get a good deal on it. Man, I went out there. There were no good-looking girls there, man. So, you know, I didn't get nothing, but. That's the story of my life, man. I, I know where I went wrong now. <laughs> I, I had too many I had too many adventures that always had me wondering where the girls were at. So that, that was obviously my problem. But anyway, getting back to your text, Glenn. Uh, thanks for bringing up that memory, though. Uh, I think I went to a rodeo at the, da- at the Cow Palace in Daly City as well. Anyway, uh, get back to his text. I first met Cliff in 92 at a sports car show at the Cow Palace in Daly City, and it was like I knew him for 20 years already. Just a genuine great person asking how I am, how I became a fan, telling Raider stories, cracking jokes. It was an absolute joy to meet him. I cry when we lose former Raiders, but it hit me the hardest when I knew Cliff had passed. But time heals, and he's now a Hall of Famer. Thank you for sharing him with Raider Nation, Glenn in San Jose. That's a story that he would pass along to the Branch family if he could. Uh, Glenn, great stuff. Didn't mean to derail it with my Cow Palace story, but, uh, you know, you start – you see names like that, and you just remember, you reminisce, right? <laughs> so uh, great stuff, though. And that's what I was talking about when it comes to Cliff Branch earlier. It's not a coincidence when I hear, oh, man, he was such a genuine dude, and he talked, and it was like we knew him for 20 years, and he was cracking jokes because that's who he was. You know, and it's, it, to me, and this is just me, he reminds me of, of the stories that everyone says about Lester Hayes as well. Right. I, I know my guy, uh, Jess, uh, you know, Vegas Jess, he always talks about uh, Lester Hayes, how that's his his favorite player. And man, when he saw him and met him, and, you know, he just he talked to him. And it was like it was his homeboy that he knew for a long time. That's what I get from Cliff Branch as well. And the stories that I hear about, you know, when people meet Cliff, it's the same thing. Like they were so genuine with the fan base and love so much being Raiders that it, it just it was that special. And that's when you know that it's next levels, when those guys really enjoyed and embraced who they were being a Raider. Uh, modern day, it's like Marcel Reese, right? He enjoys, he loves being a Raider. He loves uh, putting on that silver and black, representing that Owl t-shirt that he still wears. I mean, it's just it's just what it is. It's something special about that. Let's go out to the phone lines one more time. Let's talk to our guy, Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? What's up, Q? What's up, Jemai, man? Man, just, just, just seeing just when Wendy's text on, or her, her photos on Twitter, man, of, of getting to see up close, man. She got a picture with Ziggler and and did a little video with uh, uh, Perryman, and you nice. know, Q. This is just this is just a special week, man. This is a special. It's been a special year, really, all last year and this year with everything we've gone through, man. And just being a lifelong fan of this team, it just boom. It just hits you right in the gut, right in the heart, man, of how much this team is loved, man, and how much these fans love this team, man. And, and for everything that's to, to, to tomorrow that's going on, you know, is. It's the first preseason game. It's just a preseason game, but it's more than a game tomorrow, man. This is a celebration of something that that's bigger than we all will ever know, man. And I never got to watch Cliff play. I never got to see nothing but highlights. And, and just being able to hear everyone tell the stories of, of meeting him and what he was, man, it's like – it's like you knew the guy. It's like you just you just love him. You just you, you've just grown to love him. And I've never even met the man, man. And I I just thank Raider Nation, man. I love this team, man. I love this team with the bottom of my heart, man. This I'll forever be a Raider before anything, man. I love this team like they're my own kids. 
I've, I've had this team before my kids, Q. I've been a Raider <laughs> fan before I had my kids. So it's like, man, these guys have been here with me as long as I've known of, of being alive. I love the Oakland Raiders, now the Vegas Raiders, man. So come on, Q, man. We got to make a game special this year, man. Trophy season, man. Trophy season. Let's go, There he goes, passionate Raider. I like that. And you know what? Just checking out Just Win Wendy's uh, Twitter page. Yeah, she's got a picture with Jonathan Abram, GM Dave Ziegler, uh, Rob Ryan, and then there's just some some other folks in a picture that she took uh, she took of. Uh, they're all there in the Hall of Fame, just enjoying it, soaking it in. That's really cool. Uh, just Win Wendy, like I said, she got off the plane the same time I did, and uh, she's living her best life. She's out here just soaking it all in. Uh, she's got a little video with Denzel Perryman. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of really good stuff. She's taking pictures of the different busts. I see Al Davis, uh, Blanda. I see Jim Otto. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, Tony Dungy and Jason Garrett apparently are there. Uh, they're shooting a promo, I guess, according to her Twitter account. Yeah, man, Just Win Wendy is like our eyes in the sky. So good job, Wendy. That's the way to be on top of it. I like that. It's good stuff. Uh, let's go back out to the phone line real quick and talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. Hey, man, that's what's up, and I'm glad you made it safe out there in uh, Cleveland. Um, and uh, I never I never got to see Branch. I, unfortunately, I wasn't around. But the only two guys I did get to see was, was Charles Woodson and uh, Tim Brown. And every every time I used to see those guys play, those, those Hall of Famers, man, you could just tell they're they're made different. They're they're just born from a, you know what I'm saying? Like they're yeah. just dogs. And I, I'm sure Cliff Branch was too, because all those tapes that that you see right there, all those rewinds, and you could just see those, that that cat just burning food. So I'm I'm very happy for him and his family, because I seen him at the Thomas and Mack Center when um, the Raiders were barely uh, moving to Vegas, and they had like an event where it was the Raiders watching the the, the it was like a it was like a preseason game, and, they, and the Raiders come watch, and he was there making a speech. And one of the guys from the Fox 5 had asked him about him going into the Hall of Fame, and he wasn't even tripping, you know. He wasn't even sweating it. He was just like, whatever. And uh, But I'm pretty sure he 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 would be happy today, and, and I'm happy for him, and, and I'm just excited for tomorrow, man. Like, the game's already here. Yeah, and I, I I can't wait. And everything went by so quickly because of because of your uh, podcast and the show. And it's like it was like the uh, the game we lost against the Bengals was yesterday. And and look at it now. Tomorrow, Raiders play again. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, great call, my man. Great stuff. Definitely appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I, I I'm just I'm happy for his family. I really am. I remember when myself and Demond talked to uh, talked to uh, Zachariah Branch earlier. Uh, what was it, in 2021, I guess, uh, we talked to him, and he had just committed to USC, so he talked about that, and he said, hey, you know, if my uncle doesn't get in, then uh, there's going to be two there's going to be two other branches that are going to get in, talking about him and his brother. Uh, so I thought that that was really cool. So I know Zachariah is going to be out here. I'm hoping to connect with him pretty soon and be able to bring, uh, you know, some conversation with him to the show because I know he's going to be proud to be out here. So that family is very proud. They're very excited about what this weekend represents. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to our dude, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, first thing off cue, I got a um, ticket to the Hall of Fame game, but my flight got canceled. I was never able to find lodging, but I don't want it to go to waste. So how can I get it to you so you can just give it to a fan out there so they can go to the game, the Hall of Fame game tomorrow? Mm, that's a good question. Is it electronic? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, we'll have to 
We'll have to get. Uh, we'll have to get. Demond will get your uh, information off the uh, off air before you hang up, and uh, we'll we'll figure it out. All right, give it to the first Raider fan you see out there that want to go to the game and ain't got a ticket. But gotcha. also, I want to say I never got a chance to meet Cliff Branch, but the day I was supposed to go meet him, he was at the Raider Image down here um, in L.A. at the one at the Fox Hill Mall that they used to have. And um, him, Fred Belitnikoff, was up there signing autographs, and I got there late. And him and Fred Belitnikoff, Fred Belitnikoff had just left because they had somewhere else to go. But um, I met Jerry Robinson, and he was the mm. first um, – the first Raider I met to get an autograph from because I just was into meeting them, getting pictures and shaking their hand. I wasn't really into autographs or anything, but he was like, you're not going to get an autograph? You, got no- you don't have anything to get signed? And I was like, I'm really not an autograph seeker. I was just like actually meeting the people. He said, no, you got to get autographs. So he went and <laughs> bought, you remember the, the gray um, um, Raider pennant shirts they used to have? It had the Raider pennants on it. And, yeah, um, yep. It said, yeah. He went and bought me one of those, signed nice. the front and back for me. And I still had that to this day. That was the first Raider autograph I ever got. And he was the one to talk me into getting um, Raider autographs. Because before that, I was just in the meeting and taking pictures. But he right. actually got me into getting autographs and everything. So it's a trip that you was on the plane with him. Yep. You know what I mean? That was good stuff. You know what I'm saying? But please, make sure you get that ticket to the first Raider fan you see that wants to go to the game but don't have a ticket. And all I ask for you is on one of them T-shirts they give Cliff or a program from the game. Either or. Both. Got it. You know what Done deal. All got right. it. All right, so get to, stay up? Yeah, let Demond get your information, and, and and he'll 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 he knows what to do. All good. Thank you so much for that call. That's really good stuff, man. We got a lot of fantastic stuff, a lot of good calls, uh, a lot of good texts as well. So uh, thank you so much for that. Mailman Raider says it sucks that Cliff can't be at his own enshrinement, but we all know that he'll be looking down at his family and Raider brethren cheering him on as they unveil his bus. He'll hell, he'll probably be burning. Night train lane up in heaven as they unveil it. Congrats to Cliff and his family cementing his legacy in football history. Uh, also got a text from Big Deuce. Damn, Q, I did the same thing, but in San Diego, hitting up those swap meets looking for the fine women. Yeah, that's a whole nother story, Big Deuce. Whole nother story, man. I used to always um, make too many runs, make too many runs at too many different events with the wrong, wrong intentions. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray said, uh, we are a special club that gets no love at all. I hope someday uh, we'll get that love that we respectfully deserve. We have feelings, too. Sincerely, the Cow Palace, DeMont's high school basketball career, Eddie Jones and Kayla. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray kind of bringing up a a funny right there. I like that one. Uh, And then we had one more that I wanted to get to. Oh, Mailman Raider asked this question earlier, too. Uh, and I'll throw it out there on the Salmon Ass text line. Q, who is an underrated dude that's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he is in your Hall of Fame? May uh, not have all the accolades, but he was just that dude. I'd say one of mine is Derek Burgess. And, of course, Derek Burgess, uh, man, he was, a, he was a sack machine with the Raiders, wasn't he? Man, Derek Burgess used to come screaming off that edge. He was fantastic. I'll say uh, the one for me, and, and I talked to Mark McMillan about him the other day, was Eric Allen. You know, I think people don't realize how stinking good Eric Allen really was. Like, I, I think people realize he was good. But I don't think people really realize how good Eric Allen truly was. And there was a year when the Raiders were playing really well, and Eric Allen tore his ACL, and I think Torrey James came in for him afterwards. And it just, you could just see how much Eric Allen was needed when he wasn't there. I mean, like, I don't think people really realize how much he meant to that team and what he meant on across from Charles Woodson until he wasn't there and Torrey James was filling in. And Torrey James wasn't bad. But he wasn't EA. So uh, thank you so much for that text, Mailman Raider. I do appreciate it. 319 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. 
and uh, and I'll tell my story about the airplane, tell my story about the play, the hotel from last year, and then we'll get to Trey Wingo to talk all things Raiders and Cliff Branch and just football in general. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. And now, thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas, let's go back to Canton, Ohio, for more Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up in seven minutes, Trey Wingo, Chiefs Trend Officer and Brand Ambassador for Caesar Sportsbook, will join the show. Talk all things silver and black, talk Hall of Fame. Last year I was here at the Hall of Fame, and uh, he joined the show, so we'll uh, catch up again and uh, talk all things Raiders and talk about Cliff Branch and what he means to the game of football. But Raider Nation, I've got to give you the story. Anyone who knows me from anyone knows that there's always some kind of story behind my traveling. And look, I made it here safely. There was no real issues, but there's always got to be a funny. There's always got to be something that goes on, right? So myself, Jerry Robinson, and another guy who actually I found out today is a, a member of the media that was is here in Canton, Ohio as well. Uh, when I went to pick up my credential, he was there, and he's like, hey, wasn't that on the plane next to you? And I was like, yep, you were. All three of us were sitting in the first row. The first row, right? It's very rare that your boy ever sits in the first row. I thought I was being smart by selecting that. Well, I come to find out that it's very small in the front row. And so I don't consider myself a really tall dude, but I'll tell you right now, I felt like I was a really tall dude. And Jerry Robinson is taller than me, and so he was kind of cramped up. And the other guy sitting on the other side of me was kind of tall as well. So we were all kind of cramped up in the front, but that's okay. No problem. We'll deal with that, right? Not a big deal. Raider Nation, why? And I ask you why, in all sincerity, why were the stewardess on this airplane talking about Okay, um, there's two there's two service dogs on the airplane. How many service dogs are supposed to be on the airplane? And one lady said two. Another lady said, I think there's only one. No, there's two. Well, then it's the other dog. Well, then the other dog must be a pet. So then they were trying to determine which one was a pet and which one was a service dog. This BS went on for about 20 minutes. No joke. They're going back and forth. Well, go get the guy at the, at the front counter because if he let someone buy without paying for a pet to get on, then that's on him. And if we let him get by one time, then it's going to happen again. So they went and got this guy, and he had to go find the records and show that they already paid for a pet. So really it was just some kind of error where they didn't have written down that two service dogs and a pet was supposed to be on there. It was absolutely ridiculous, right? That was, that was first thing. And then it became an issue. Like, it really a real deal issue where they're going back and forth. They're, they're not arguing about it, but it's like a heavy debate about if this is really a service dog, if it's a pet, if these people paid for it, if they're getting an attitude or, or whatnot. Then, oh, by the way, uh, the AC, as we're sitting on the, uh, on, the, on the plane waiting to, you know, close the door and, and back away and take off, the AC's not working, so we're getting hot. We're getting hot. I mean, we're just continuing to – we're starting to sweat, and everyone's just, you know, kind of waving their hands, waving their hands, trying to get some AC, and the guy gets on the, on the uh, you know, the overspeaker, the loudspeaker, and says, oh, yeah, the AC's not working yet, but when we close the doors and actually back away from here, then the other AC will kick in and we'll be fine. So we're like, okay, well, can we do that? Oh, we'll be just a few minutes. So, of course, a few minutes turn into a few more minutes. And then some dude decides right before we get ready to back out, that he has to stand up and go to the bathroom. Well, I don't know how many times you've been on the airplane, but obviously you can't be walking on the airplane while they're trying to back out. So then the lady gets on the, uh, on the loudspeaker and says, we cannot leave. You're going to delay our, uh, our takeoff if you are standing up. And this dude's just standing there like, like he has no recollection or anything, no kind of knowledge that they're talking to him. 
And so I'm looking around like, who in the hell standing up? Because I'm sitting here cramping. So I look around, and then everyone looks at dude was like, hey, man, you going to sit down? You're going to delay our, uh, our, our takeoff. So he sits down, and then he decides he wants to be a smart ass. So he's like, hey, uh, uh, are, are we delayed? Are we delayed? Are we delayed taking our takeoff? And I'm just like, oh, geez, this is like a scene from – you know, when uh, when airplanes go bad or when people get mad at the stewardess. And, you know, so that's all I'm thinking of is that someone's going to go crazy. They didn't. It was fine. We ended up taking off. Why the whole flight do I have a child, a small child? I don't know how large this small child was, but this small child was kicking me in my back the whole time. And I swear at one point this child may have reached through the seats and grabbed my arm. I don't know if that, that really happened or I was delusional, but something happened. And I kept trying to give a hint that, hey, your small child is bothering me as your child keeps kicking the back of the seat. But no hints were, 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 were working. So uh, I had to deal with that until the, until the child fell asleep. And then all of a sudden, about, I don't know, three-fourths of the flight, all of a sudden you hear this loud cry. I was like, oh, Lord, that kid woke up again. So then the kid wakes up, and so the rest of the way. And so when I when we're getting off the plane, I just gave the, the mom and the kid this. I gave them the dirty eye. I gave them the evil eye. <laughs> like, you know what you did this whole flight. Anyway, so that's not even the worst part of the whole thing. And I don't have time to tell you about the old hotel. I'll have to do it after we talk to Trey Wingo. But the worst part of the whole thing is while we're sitting on the on, on the plane and we're trying to offboard. We're trying to get off so we can get to the terminal and do what we have to do. All the stewardess are like, Yeah, uh when we get to Detroit, I think we'll do a COVID test. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on. Like, did I really hear because I'm in the front, so I'm hearing all their gossip. Like all the stuff that you don't hear them talking about, I'm hearing because I'm right there in the very front. Yeah, we'll do a COVID test when we get to Detroit. You know, um, when they took the mask off, then we really started, you know, all of a sudden we got COVID. And this guy jumps in and is like, yeah, as soon as I stopped wearing my mask, I got COVID too. Well, we'll just test in Detroit. And I was like, what in the hell's going on? What kind of blank show is this? So, yeah, we had three stewardess talking about COVID, and they're going to go COVID test when they got to Detroit. But long story short, I made it to Canton, Ohio. I'm here. We're here to celebrate the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We made it safely, and the small child's not kicking me in the back anymore. Right now on the phone lines is Trey Wingo, Chiefs Trends Officer and Brand Ambassador for Caesar Sportsbook. And, Trey, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. You have any bad or, or kind of tough experiences on a plane? <laughs> oh, my God. First of all, good for you for being in Canton. I'll be there tomorrow. Nice. Um, I, love, I love going to Ohio and Canton every year this time. It's sort of the official welcoming back of football. But, my God, one year. I'm trying to figure out. Let me see. I think it was the It was 2019. Uh, I was in, uh, you know, being in in uh, Bristol, Connecticut at the time. It's you, you can't get anywhere from anywhere. So <laughs> we had to connect through Charlotte to get to Canton, Ohio. And they had these massive snow, uh, thunderstorms roll through Charlotte. And Rich Eisen, who's coming from LA to Canton, Ohio, was listening on my same flight. We were delayed for. Seven hours, oh. and we got it. We rolled into Canton at like two a.m. Of course, there was nobody there. Of course, <laughs> the rental cars were already all the companies were already shut down. Thankfully, my hotel was at the bottom of the hill outside the airport, so I literally dragged my bags wow. uh, from the airport down to there, and we made it in. But no, bro, right now, right now, travel airline travel is just a mess. So I feel for you. I'm praying everything goes well tomorrow on my connections when I have to get down there. 
Yes, I am too, because, again, you just never know. It is an adventure every time you get on a plane these days. Uh, but, hey, I'm here, and, and like you said, I'm always excited to be here in Canton, Ohio. We talked to you last year when Tom Flores and Charles Woodson was going into the Pro Football Hall yep. of Fame. This time for the Raiders, it's going to be Cliff Branch and even Richard Seymour to a certain extent. I mean, he's a patriot, but he spent uh, some time yeah. with the Raiders as well. But Cliff Branch not going to be here to celebrate it. His family is. What were your thoughts on Cliff Branch and him making it into the hall and what he did for the game of football in general? Well, first of all, just long overdue, right? I do hate the fact that so many of these players have to wait until they're not around for them to be here. But can you imagine Cliff Branch playing in today's NFL, like the way the rules are as opposed to the way the rules were when he was playing? Cliff Branch would be the Tyreek Hill of today's NFL is the best way to say it. Like no one, no one could keep up with him. And, and you know, uh, if I, I go back to that AFC Championship game years ago, uh, when uh, the Raiders were playing in, in really terrible conditions uh, in Pittsburgh, and you know, the, the, one of the officials to the NFL said, "Well, you know, it's the same for both teams." They're like, no. One team is built on power. One team is built on speed. It's right. not even remotely the same. Like, literally nothing about this can be the same. Cliff Branch, in today's NFL, would break every single receiving record there is. That's how explosive he was. And they just didn't understand how to use that or, for lack of a better term, exploit those skills the way they're exploiting those skills today. Right. No doubt about it. So with all that being said, why do you think it took so long for Cliff to finally get in and get the call from Canton? I, I wish I had an answer for you. You know, the only thing I can think of is that the discrepancy between the number of voters for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and the Pro Football Hall of Fame is ridiculous. I think it's close to 600 people vote for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I, I think the number is 586. I may be off one way or the other. But we're talking about a lot of people that have votes for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Right. There are under 50 that vote for the professional, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that's, if 586 is far too many in baseball, clearly <laughs> under 50 is far too few in football. I would love to see as close to as maybe, say, 100 people have a ballot. And then I think you get a much fairer representation. I'll give you an example. For many, many years, Dan Deardorff, uh, who's, who was from Canton, Ohio, by the way, was excluded from the Hall of Fame. And Jack Buck one year passionately got up and made a speech about him and how great he was. And one game he played because he had his uh, jaw broken the previous game and he had his mouth wired shut, and he played through that. And somebody in the in the room at that time yelled out, well, he could have sh- should have kept his mouth wired the entire time because at that point Dan was a broadcaster. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right. You know what I mean? Like, literally, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This is, this is a, a pro football hall of fame about how well you played. What you do as a broadcaster, whether you like it or not, should be completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And if they had more people voting without, if you'll pardon my language, a, a, an idiot like that would have gotten right. shot down. But right. because there's so few people voting... Uh, I, I think that taints the results sometimes. And I would love to see somewhere close to 100 people have a ballot for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And someone like Cliff Branch would have gotten it years ago. Like, it's not even close. Years ago. 
Right. No doubt about it. Again, Trey Wingo is our guest right right now. He's the Chief Trends Officer and Brand Ambassador for Caesar Sportsbook here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And what does it say that Cliff played his, you know, his entire NFL career, 14 years with the Raiders? He won all three of the rings that the organization has. I mean, how how much does that mean as well? Well, it it tells you how indispensable he was to the team. Yeah. And, you know, he was the deep threat before people really understood how to use a deep threat. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, you know, when when Cliff went on a go route, there was no one catching him. You know, it, it's funny because everything today is predicated on speed, even offensive linemen. Okay, yes, you're big and strong, but if you can't move your feet, it doesn't matter. Speed is the name of the game in the NFL. Well, what did Cliff have more than anybody else when he played speed? But with the clutching and grabbing and and the chucking at the line of scrimmage and all that kind of stuff that you could do. Uh, to receivers that you simply cannot do now, it limited his effectiveness unless he was able to come up with, or the Raiders, as a coaching staff, were able to come up with some sort of complex play scheme that allowed him a free release. And and, and in this day and age, Cliff Branch would have been like the prototypical player. And, and the fact that to, what you just said, they didn't win a Super Bowl without him, tells you even in an era where they tried to slow people down just how explosive he was. Yeah, that's a great point. It really is. I mean, just Cliff Branch, just talking about him and hearing all these stories about him and from different you know points of view has been fantastic. And I can't wait to you know hear Mark Davis give you know kind of introduce him to the Hall of Fame. And that was his best friend, you know. And I know Mark Davis is going to be very emotional. What do you think is going to be going through MD's mind when he's uh, you know giving a, a, a semi speech when uh, Cliff Branch is introduced? Well, look, I'm glad the way they've sort of done this now because it used to be the inductee got up there, or the introducer, rather, right. got up there and made a speech. And then the, you know, the enshrinee made a speech, and it went on forever. Right. Like, it went on forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, long story short, Steve Young, uh, father, Grit, went up there, and one, one year we were like, dude, get off the clock. No one's here to see you. <laughs> so the way they do it now is it's a pre-recorded thing, and they edit it to a, a couple of minutes. Um, but it's going to be great. And, you know, Mark Davis is the lineage of Al, and everything that Al stood for flows through Mark. So I think it's going to be very impassioned about what Cliff Branch met, meant to the organization. And many of the things that we've talked about I think are going to come out of his mouth. Um, it's just, it's, it's a great way they do it now that the presenter is sort of, you know, they, they were, they're able to come up with the best stuff out of all the things they record out of them. And that makes the whole process a little better. Right. No doubt. Do you, uh, like the fact that the, the enshrinement ceremony is going to be at noon instead of what it usually is, is around seven o'clock Eastern time? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, when I started covering this thing, Ten years ago, it was on. It was on a noon. It was on Sunday at noon. Okay. And there used to be a great race to get to the to Cleveland airport to catch your flight <laughs> after the ceremony was over. So I, I did like it at night. I liked the idea that it was uh, it was sort of a culmination of everything that happened. It was a prime time event, and the ratings were very were fairly solid. It's a lot hotter in Ohio for a lot of these guys earlier in the day, and, yeah. and I think that's a consideration that maybe they're not thinking about because. It can be really, really warm. And so from from that standpoint, for a lot of these guys that are older, it's going to be a little more difficult than being out there in the strong sun. Uh, and I, I just I wish they would think about that a little differently. 
Talking right now with Trey Wingo here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, I wanted to ask you about present-day Raiders. I saw on your Twitter, I saw the, the video that you had out uh, about the Raiders and all the weapons that they have, and we've been talking about Cliff Branch and what he has meant to the or meant to the team and you know just being a difference maker. They have Devontae Adams. He's a difference maker, obviously different style than Cliff, but how much right. different and how much better do you think this offense has a chance to be with a guy like Devontae Adams now? Listen, uh, Derek Carr was really good last year without him. And this is his college teammate that he's known forever, so there's no issue with chemistry. Um, it's funny, like the AFC West to me this offseason has been like an Avenger movie in the Marvel series. <laughs> bring in another superstar. Bring right. in another superstar. Like you have, you, you bring in Devontae Adams, who's had the most catches in the NFL since 2018. You bring in Chandler Jones, who's had the most sacks in the NFL since he came into the league in 2013. And it's really all about one thing. It's, it's about trying to slow down the Chiefs' stranglehold on this organization or this mm-hmm. division. They've won yeah. it six or seven straight – I think it's six straight years. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, as a quarterback, has never led the Chiefs to a, a loss in a road division game. The Chiefs are 13-0 and uh, when, when Mahomes is their starting quarterback in AFC West road division games, which is remarkable. So this whole thing is all about trying to slow down the Chiefs and – I love the way both the Raiders and the Chargers have approached this because they've realized not only do we need to step up and score as many points as we can, we also need to try and find a way to to slow them down on offense. So you bring in Chandler Jones as well as Devontae Adams for the Raiders in Vegas, but for the Chargers, they bring in Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, and J.C. Jackson, the corner from the Patriots, has had the most interceptions since he's been in the league. So everyone is trying to catch the Chiefs, and and I just... I wonder what's going to happen this year because the AFC West is the most loaded division in football. It's the only team on Caesar Sportsbook where everyone is expected to have a winning record. But how much of this is going to be them beating up on each other and what that impact is going to have on them in the postseason? Because whoever wins the AFC West this year, it's going to take a toll on them. Like, you know, right. the Chiefs have had that stranglehold, as I said, for the last couple of years. Nobody's going to have a stranglehold on this division this year. It's going to be. It's going to be a lot of work. I don't think anybody that wins the AFC West this year is going to have uh, the number one seed and the bye. And that, of course, tends to be very problematic in terms of how people make it to the, to the Super Bowl with, with, that, with or without that bye. Right, absolutely. What about Josh McDaniels? You add him into the mix with everything that the Raiders have going on, him being a really good play caller, one that uh, a lot of people consider like top five play caller in the league right now. He's very creative, there's no question, and he's got a lot of – creativity to work with, with not only Devontae Adams, but Darren Waller, and as, as you guys call him, third and Renfro. Like, Hunter, <laughs> Ren, Hunter Renfro is, is the epitome of how sometimes this game is so crazy, right? If you pick Hunter Renfro out of a lineup, opposed to A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and all these other players, you'd be like, there's not a chance in hell that guy could be successful based on what you see from him physically. Yet he continually gets open, continually makes amazing plays, and it's done this like his entire career. For example, when he was at Clemson as a walk-on his freshman year, he was out there and standing next to a water station, and one of the uh, defensive linemen said, I need the water. He <laughs> thought he was the water boy. He literally <laughs> thought he was the water boy. And Renfro told him, no, no, I'm a, I'm a player. I'm actually out here. Like, Renfro is one of the most fascinating characters to me not only for the Raiders, but in the entire NFL, because it, it just shouldn't happen. Right. But yet it does. And he, he's fine. he has this incredible knack of getting open and running really precise routes and having great hands. Um, he, he's a fascinating story to me. 
the the Raiders have everything they need to be to be successful. But the problem is the division they play in. I yeah. mean, right now on Caesar Sportsbook, they have the lowest odds to win the division. And I'm not sure if that's accurate, but when you have Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and everything they've done, when you have Justin Herbert and all the things we've seen go on there, and when you add Russell Wilson uh, to a Denver Broncos team that hasn't had an amazing defense over the last couple of years, and you hopefully that spruces the offense up, obviously the loss of Tim Patrick to a torn ACL is a big, big loss. Yeah. For them. That's, you can't over overstate how, how big of a loss that is for the Denver Broncos. You know, it, it's not a knock on, on Derek Carr at all to say people think of him as the fourth-best quarterback in this division. It's just a really good division right. when it comes to quarterbacks. I, I find the Raiders maybe the most fascinating team in football this year. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Again, Trey Wingo, Chief Trends Officer and Brand Ambassador for Caesar Sportsbook is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, demond has got a quick one for you. Yeah, Trey, in the video that you posted on Twitter about the Raiders, Devontae Adams' odds to lead the league in receiving yards was plus 1,100. Is there any other bets that would be a safe bet for me to place on the Caesars app? You know, can you give us a little, can you give me a little nugget, a little kernel of advice that you might have for me on a player on a futures total? Oh, on a, on a futures total. Uh, well, I like that one because uh, that that's a very significant one. Listen, I would I would bet a lot of money, not my own money, but a lot of your money. Uh, that that the, that the Buffalo Bills are going to win the AFC East. Um, listen, the NFL is crazy right now. How, how about this one? Uh, 17 of the last 19 seasons, we've had someone go worst to first in the NFL. Someone that was last in their division a year ago uh, comes up and becomes uh, the, the division winner. And one of those uh, might be, might be uh, a team like the Baltimore Ravens, who had so many injuries a year ago. And so many key positions. And even though J.K. Dobbins is still in the public, physically unable to perform, uh, I, I just I have to believe they're better. I have to believe they're better than they are a year ago. And, and, and I think the Ravens are a very interesting bet uh, to go forward and make the postseason after missing it and stumbling down the stretch a year ago. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they didn't have a chance out of the gates. Man, they had so many guys injured, and you hate to see that in training camp, but it's a reality yeah. of what is training camp. But, Trey, before we let you go, and this has been fantastic, wanted to get your thoughts real quick on this Deshaun Watson situation. The yeah. NFL has appealed his, uh, you know, the six-game ruling. What do you think? This feels to me like it's going to be a very long, drawn-out process. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I hope it isn't a long, drawn-out process for everybody involved. But if you've read the 15-page decision by Sue L. Robinson, the former federal judge, it's pretty graphic, and it goes into extremely, very minute detail about what he did and what he didn't do in those massage sessions. And if you go through that, it's pretty hard to square yourself with that was a six-game suspension. Right. At the end of the day, when the NFL was petitioning for at least an indefinite suspension of a year or more and an $8 million fine, and when the Deshaun Watson camp wanted no suspension, and then the ruling came in at six games, and then you realize that the appeal process goes to Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, or somebody he designates. That was far, far less than what the NFL was anticipating. This is going to end very poorly for Deshaun Watson. And, and let's, let's, let's strep it out one place further here. Uh, he sat out all of 2020 uh, in, a, in a, or 2021, excuse me, right. in, in, a, uh, in a situation with the Texans where he got all his money, right. but both the Texans and the, and, and the player realized that they didn't want to be on the field together. So he's missed all of one year. If he tries to fight this in a court, which he will lose, I want to be 100% clear, uh, nothing 
nothing that he can try to do with an injunction or anything else, he's going to lose that process because uh, we've already seen this play out with the Deflategate scenario with the Patriots and Tom Brady a few years ago over a four-game suspension. And the federal court at the end realized, hey, whatever you can say about whether or not those balls were actually deflated, you gave in the collective bargaining agreement the right for Roger Goodell to have the final say. Right. Well, guess what he still has, the final say. Either Roger Goodell is going to hear the appeal or someone he designates is going to hear the appeal. And if the NFL thinks this is a much bigger deal, and I believe they're correct in thinking that if you read the 15-page decision by Sue L. Robinson, he's going to miss a lot of time. So how much time do you want to spend if you're Deshaun Watson fighting this thing in court, knowing eventually you're going to lose? Right. Because while he's fighting this, they can put him on the commissioner's exempt list, meaning he's not allowed to play until this thing is adjudicated. And that could go well through, I don't know, half of this season? And then you want to miss half of this season and have the suspension go into this season and half of next season? If I'm Deshaun Watson at this point, I need to realize I ain't winning. And at right. some point, I've just got to realize that's, that's the reality of the situation, and we move on going forward. The more he tries to fight this, the more it's going to be worse for him and the Browns, and the more time he's going to lose and miss. Right. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's going to be interesting how it all plays out. Well, Trey, uh, great stuff as always, my man. It's always great to catch up with you. Uh, what do you guys got going on at Caesars and the Caesars Sportsbook that we need to be on the lookout for and sign up for? Well, we're ready. We're ready for the season. We're, we're putting together a truck, not the Madden bus, but a truck. <laughs> and we're going to be trekking across the country uh, this season, going to different games and, and letting people know. We'll do a sort of a pregame show and a, and a show nice. to get people set for the upcoming Sunday. We're really excited about that, and it all begins with me, hopefully, barring airline disasters, getting to Canton tomorrow, and I'll see you guys there. Nice. All right. Well, safe travels, my man. We'll see you when you get here. We appreciate you. You got it, guys. Take care. Always a pleasure. All right. There he goes. Trey Wingo, Chief Trends Officer and Brand Ambassador for Caesar Sportsbook. You can find him on Twitter at Wingos. That's Wing. O-Z, W-I-N-G-O-Z uh, on Twitter. Trey Wingo giving us plenty of time here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Definitely appreciate Trey, and hopefully he has safe travels. I still got to tell you about the hotel that I was going to stay in last year that I refused to stay in last year because it was so god-awful. I'll tell you about that when we come back here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 4 o'clock, John Morris, the voice of the Baylor Bears, will join the show to talk all things Vince Scully, how he kind of shaped his uh, his broadcasting career. And J-Mo is a really good guy, really good friend of mine as well. Had a chance to catch up with him earlier today, so you'll hear that conversation coming up at 4 o'clock, but I wanted to tell you, I told you about the plane ride, and it was really an adventure, but, you know, made it here safely, so it was all good. I've had plane rides where, you know, they've stopped or been stuck on the plane or there's been people that needed medical attention. I mean, you name it, I've had it as far as planes. Uh, missing a plane, uh, even though I'm standing right there in front of the gate and they just refuse to let me go. I mean, just all kind of stuff. I, I've been there, done that. So... That was cool. So I'm driving to the hotel that I'm at right now, and all of a sudden I start to recognize the area. You know, when you've been here a couple times, you're like, oh, man, I remember this from last year. So I remember the area that I'm in, and I said, man, that place that I almost stayed in last year that I got catfished online uh, to think that it was a good-looking place, and I knew when I pulled up that, oh, no, I'm not staying here. And it wasn't me being bougie. It was me just knowing that I'm not staying here. 
you know, if I lay down on the bed, there's going to be like a hypodermic needle or something coming out of it and, you know, poking me uh, in my backside or something. You know, like I just knew it was all bad. It looked like an awful place. You know, as soon as I pulled up, uh, it, it was just all bad. And there's people outside that were saying, you know, hey, where's this place that's been advertised online? So they got catfish like I got catfish last year. So I had to go and stay at a very expensive place last year, even though it wasn't that great of a place because everything here is sold out for Hall of Fame weekend. So if you don't have a place reserved very early in advance, you're not going to get a very good place uh, at a reasonable price. You're just not. Just like you're not going to get a car right now if you try to go to the airport and get a car and you don't have it reserved. Sorry, tough luck. You're just not going to get it. So I saw this area, and I was a little bit of, you know, I was, I was a little ahead. I, I had some time before uh, I needed to be back here at the hotel and, and prepare for the show. So I said, I wonder what's going on with that place. I know exactly where it's at. I'm going to go ahead and turn around, you know, hit this corner real quick and go see exactly what's going on with this place. Damon, can I tell you? First of all, I'm going to let you guess. Give me one guess of what you think is going on with that place now. Shut down? Shut the blank down. <laughs> Shut all the way down, dog. And it looks like there ain't been nobody there since I left there last year. There's weeds that are as tall as you in the parking lot, right? I mean, it's just it. I, I turned that corner, and I said, whoa. Swimming pool that they had there, empty. You know what I mean? Like, everything was just uh, windows boarded up. And it, I promise you, it looked like the minute that I left town last year, it left town, too. It is completely boarded up. You could tell that something sketchy was going on there. You could tell something sketchy happened there. You could tell that something sketchy would have happened there if I had stayed there. I mean, it was well, – It, it sounds is, like you drove them out of business. Your bad review could have well, been, been the nail in the coffin. Uh, it might have been, and you know what? Good for me. Good for me, brother. That place was awful. And it's so funny because last year when I told them that I wasn't staying there, they tried to still charge me for it. And I was like, I'm not paying for this. They're like, oh, well, you didn't, you, didn't, uh, you know, uh, turn it down like 48 hours in advance. And I was like, look, Jack, what you were advertising online is not this. This is a death trap. I'm not staying at this death trap like the rest of these people aren't staying at this death trap. So I'm not paying for it. So luckily, you know, they tried to charge me, and I just contacted my bank, and I was like, look, this is the deal. So they didn't, they didn't force me to pay, and they, just, they basically uh, refused it with, with that place. And um, it was just it was so funny. And then he tried to call me. It was like, okay, well, we won't charge you, but, you know, really you're supposed to give this kind of a, a notice. And I said, look, man, you need to stop lying to everybody online. So we, like, really got into it back and forth. And, uh, anyway, they are completely out of business now, like Dunzo. Done deal. And I promise you, I couldn't tell you when the last time they were in business. Because you could tell how long a place has been shut down by the weeds in the parking lot. And I promise you, I'm not exaggerating. When I say that there's weeds in the parking lot as tall as you, there are weeds in the parking lot as tall as you. They, I mean, they, are, they look like they've been growing forever. And that place looks so run down. I almost took a picture of it, but I didn't want it to corrupt my phone. So I didn't. Because it probably would have. I would have found a way to get, like, some kind of phone disease or something, you know, just by taking a picture of the air there. I, I had to hustle up and get up out of there just in case someone or something came crep creeping out of the corner or something. So, uh, yeah, man, that awful place that I stayed at a year ago, completely shut down, completely out of business. Real Done quick, deal. I thought that the I was hoping that this story for comedic purposes was going to be you pull up and they just put up a new can of paint, change the name, and you're staying <laughs> at the same place again. <laughs> no, not at all. There's no chance I was going to stay there. No chance. Not a chance. And obviously I wasn't because, well, 
they're out of business. But there you go. So uh, that's the story of the place that I was supposed to stay at last year that I couldn't believe uh, what I ran into. That was just awful. But there it is. 358 is the time. We'll come back. We'll kick off hour number three of the show. John Morris, voice of the Baylor Bears. I had an opportunity to catch up with him a little bit earlier. Matter of fact, I was sitting in the lobby of the hotel and I uh, got a, and had an opportunity to uh, catch up with him. So uh, you'll hear that conversation next, talking all things Vince Scully here on Radio Nation Radio 920.